Hello and welcome back to the third instalment of Acting Like a Woman, uh, the podcast that I'm doing for my school project on kind of females in theatre throughout history and yeah just just looking at all of that. Um, Last episode I spoke about Victorian theatre and um, and a woman who was very famous in the Victorian theatre era which was Ellen Terry and um, I spoke about her and her life and and the things that she achieved and did and um, and this week I'm going to be talking about well we're going to be going across across the sea to um, America and looking at 1920s America and the entertainment industry in the kind of roaring 20s and focusing on a specific woman herself, Clara Bow, who you may or may not have heard of. Um, she's quite an interesting character and um, and was very big in her time but almost got forgotten about so I'm going to talk a bit about her and also the kind of theatre versus cinema debate in the sense that you know cinema became a really big thing in the 1920s and what that did to the theatre industry and and then kind of the flapper girl and and the very very stereotypical 1920s image that is the flapper girl and what that did for women of of the time and and how it impacted them on society so yeah it's going to be going to be quite an interesting one. Um, she was an American actress. She was born in... Now, it's weird, because a few censuses say she was born in 1905, but then some say she was born in 1906, and some say she was born in 1904. So it's a bit hazy on when she was actually born. But I think the majority of the sources that I looked at said that she was born in 1905. Um, she was an American actress, and she kind of rose to fame through silent films in the 1920s and then unlike a lot of actresses at the time who actually you know after the silent films of the 1920s kind of went away they lost their jobs and couldn't really pursue with it but she managed to make the transition to talkies in 1921 which were the movies with sound the first kind of movies with with sound and she was known as the it girl um she starred in the film it and it gave her complete global fame i mean she was recognized all over the industry and very very famous so uh so yeah i thought why not look at someone who uh who had quite a lot of fame um to her name a lot of people say she kind of personified the roaring 20s uh, she was kind of described as its leading sex symbol and female empowerment, you know, woman. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, she appeared in, now this is crazy, she appeared in 46 silent films and 11 talkies. And actually, she was only in kind of the the business from about 1921, 22 um to kind of 1929 19 
kind of mid 1930s, but she she faded out by then. Um, so yeah, she was in 57 films, silent and talkies, in the space of almost only about 20 years, which for a career in acting at the time was actually quite short. Um, I was actually surprised at how difficult her childhood was. Uh, she grew up in a very lower class family. Her mother was very difficult. She um, she actually had a psychosis due to epilepsy, and um, and she grew and so Clara Bow actually grew up caring for her mother, um, kind of treating her and, and making sure she was okay. And her father, although quite you know she said quite a few times that he was very ambitious very hard working he wasn't very lucky and um, was often out of work and and then because of that was quite often absent from their home so she ended up kind of looking after her mother completely on her own with the odd help from her father she got work wherever she could you know she dropped out of school in her senior year and um and you know she she says a lot she was kind of deprived of a childhood she she had a really tough time um one thing that she talked about was one night she woke up with her mother holding a knife to her throat so you know she had a really really rough childhood um and that kind of changed quite drastically when when she was 16 and she actually won a uh a beauty contest and um, that was supposed to get you kind of into the movie business so yeah she won a beauty contest and and then got recognized by a few agencies after that um, I think she said that she always really wanted to be in the movies uh, she she always said that she um, she'd go home after the movies every week and, and reenact all the things that she saw and pretend to be the actresses that she uh, that she saw on screen and, and she was very very passionate about it and although her father actually really supported the idea um, her mother didn't at all her mother hated the fact that she was going to 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 be on this screen because a lot of the time actresses then were still sort seen as quite. Um, sleazy I guess in, in in a way of putting it you know they weren't rated highly in a lot of people's minds and um and but Clara she 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 loved it and she she wanted to be an actress so she continuously went to lots of agencies she was quite unlucky at the start um people said that you know she was too much of a tomboy there, there's a lot of records that she she wasn't she didn't hang out with girls you know she wasn't a she wasn't really friends with girls she was she was friends with boys and she was a tomboy and she had a very masculine very masculine features and stuff like that and was very athletic and and if she wasn't going to be an actress she was actually going to to kind of pursue a career in athletic coaching so um so you know it was it's quite a weird it's quite a very opposite ends of the spectrum almost for her to for, to get involved with but she really wanted to so so she did um she got some recognition at first and but the real um film that gave her kind of a big break was down to the sea and ships which she actually played a relatively um you know behind not behind the scenes role but quite a small role she wasn't a massive role in it but she just stood out you know some some reviews that that were made on the film 
Miss um, Bao will undoubtedly gain fame as a screen comedian, and others with her beauty, her brains, her personality, and her genuine acting ability. It should not be many moons before she enjoys stardom in the fullest sense of the word. So you know, she got really, she got recognised very, very quickly, and after ships, Bo Bao was. Uh, Bo was approached by many more directors and was featured in three or so movies within kind of a year, six, six, six months, six, eight months. Um, but the big break that she got was in kind of July of 1923, after being approached by a kind of new Hollywood studio. Uh, she moved to Hollywood and left kind of her father, her boyfriend at the time, and New York life completely behind her. So she moved across the country, um, all on her own, and just kind of she, yeah, she she grew really. She fell into the flapper lifestyle. Um, she got cast for you know twenty odd films. Um, she she was. She was very famous, very lovable, easy to work with, an amazing actress, beautiful. Um, but with kind of beauty and, and fame came a lot of gossip. She was often in feuds with fellow actresses. Um, she got kind of caught up in 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 bad press and public scandals, and and I think it made it her life really really difficult. She. You know, in 1924, she appeared in eight films and was becoming, you know, the most successful and recognised actress of the time. Yet she was being held back due to scandals and bad press and, you know, bad reviews, basically from jealousy, really. I mean, these people were, were jealous of her fame and were jealous of the recognition that she was getting and would kind of do anything to, to bring her down a peg. And, and I think, you know, the same thing kind of happens happens today. Unfortunately, with the huge boom that there was in the 1920s with the increased press and the increased kind of attention on the media and the fact that everyone had so much money and were just getting more and more rich in the kind of prosperity of the roaring 20s, it, it made it harder due to really stand out for a good cause. And people were often trying to find bad things about you so Clara was kind of she was seen as the perfect flapper she but she also played a lot with gender conventions and kind of sexuality in her public image she you know she starred as a tomboy in some roles and a flapper girl in another she kind of presented herself as this confident modern woman and everyone looked up to her I mean she was the main symbol for, for the flapper persona. I mean, you think of flapper girl, people would immediately think of Clara Bow. You know, she, she wore the dresses, she had the hair, she had the red lips, she, she went out with men, she went out and partied, she, she kind of drank in the underground scene, obviously due to prohibition. And she was just, just an icon for all young women that were looking for this kind of new persona to escape the previous quite a very oppressive gender roles that they had to conform confer, conform to and you know with the vote that they'd been given in America and then the fact that they were they were allowed to you know do jobs and even though it was the the kind of typical housewife idea people were getting women were getting more freedom in their in their in the prosperity and it just you know it, the, the flapper girl image that Clara Bow 
created but also the the playing with you know wearing trousers and and not always wearing dresses and and not having to wear makeup all the time and and not having to look our best but also simultaneously looking like a goddess whenever she dressed up it just it was a really nice image for for women to see the average American woman to see um but you know she her fame was quite short-lived she um the you know Hollywood the talkies fame and money they 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 did take their toll on on Bo you know she was being overworked and had loads of scandals around her fame and and she you know she felt very very close to to kind of an entire breakdown um and then in July of uh July of 29 I think 27 or 29 she um that bit's been cut off of my piece of paper (laughs) she moved to a ranch in Nevada and um and she she lived there so kind of her her main career where she was living and working in Hollywood um was basically over by the age of 25 so you know she appeared in a few feet uh in a few films afterwards ones that are quite recognizable like hoopla in uh, 1933 and call her savage in 1932 but you know essentially she was living away from it all and not really bringing herself towards it and she actually died you know quite sadly she she was almost forgotten after she moved away from from hollywood you know she wasn't in the in the limelight she wasn't in the, the spotlight even she she was she went away but she she it really took a toll on her she suffered from psychiatric problems and kind of people almost believe that Hollywood ruined her really and 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 maybe that's a bit of evidence of kind of what the press could do to people and just how harsh they were on her and and the life she was living but I found a really interesting piece that kind of Clara said about her time in in Hollywood and it's quite admirable and I think it shows a lot about her character she said my life in Hollywood contained plenty of uproar I'm sorry for a lot of it but not awfully sorry I never did anything to hurt anyone else I made a place for myself on the screen and you can't do that by being Mrs Alcott's idea of a little woman and I think that kind of quote really nicely embodies her character and nicely kind of displays what kind of woman she was you know she wasn't afraid to take a stand she wasn't afraid to 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 make a name for herself and I think it's quite admirable especially especially for for women that were kind of trying to fight against oppression during the the 20s they they had this woman that they could look up to and you know I just think it's it's a really nice even though she she kind of got forgotten after she left and and a lot of people brushed over her fame and, and the things she did for screen but you have to acknowledge what she did for women in in movies and in cinema and in the entertainment industry and kind of creating this whole you can be whatever you want to be image um and I think it just you know that can't be brushed over because she she left such a mark and she has this legacy so I think it's really important that that she shouldn't that she should be noticed and she should be talked about which is I guess why I wanted to talk about her Then, 
there was of course the 1920s itself um the roaring 20s you know the 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 decade of the century i guess (laughs) um these amazing 10 years filled with kind of prosperity and growth and technological advancements and leisure time and you know home of the home of the cinema developments home of the talkies home of the uh the the factory line and and you know it's such a huge period in time and and has a you know everyone knows the roaring 20s everyone hears about Gatsby and hears about the that era and um and it was you know huge in the entertainment industry um it was kind of the first time that kind of cinema versus theater was a real i guess not issue because it wasn't an issue but i guess talking point um due to the the fact that cinema was such a growing business and and entertainment platform and same with radio actually but but mostly mostly cinema and just the fact that it was so available all the time um it was kind of these this whole hollywood sunny states south of america place where they had all the movies and the and the la stars and stuff like that and then it was the big cities it was the new york chicago that had you know broadway and and the musicals and the stage shows and and i think that split is quite a prominent one and i guess almost formed it for what it is today um there is no one that's particularly well i guess cinema now is bigger than theater but then again it isn't and i think it's quite important to see kind of where that originated from which was the 1920s um you know the introduction of the talkies in in kind of the 1920s people were absolutely in awe of this sudden new development in film you know people talking that you could watch that had been pre-recorded and it wasn't that expensive and it was on a big screen in front of me you know there were it was 500 or 50 500 50 million americans were kind of which was about half the half the population went to the movies you know every week there were so many people visiting the cinema and seeing it all the time and um you know there were the film industries the big fox and warner brothers of hollywood but also another huge addition was 1920 in the 1920s was disney actually it introduced kind of animation and synchronized sa- synchronized sound and and it fascinated families and it became a it became a family outing and a, and a leisure time well spent because people just just loved it. They they loved the the theatre. They loved the cinema even. Um, but that shouldn't be taken away from theatre, even though radio and film became huge in the 1920s, mainly due to kind of availability and ease as well as kind of just pure fascination. Theatre was also still a huge part of people's lives. You know, in the big cities like New York and Chicago, musical theatre and Broadway was kind of the 1920s really shaped Broadway that we know it, which is obviously the big New York uh, theatre strip, I guess. But, um, you know, it was... the They were known as the Broadway boom years. I mean, the fact that I found 1927 alone, more than 250 sh- shows debuted, and over 50 of them were, were musical. You know, 20 million people attended shows every year. And it was just 
you know, the entertainment industry was booming. It was huge. It had so much recognition. So many people were were going and visiting. Um, but also due to the fact in the big cities like New York, the, the subway systems within New York were kind of being built. So they were allowing freer travel and it was easier to access the theatre district. So it was almost a chain reaction of every new thing that was being found and was being made. It influenced everything else that was going on, you know, there was more money being made but also freedom of working hours more people were getting paid so they had more availability to to go to the plays and to go to the cinema and it was just this big chain reaction of just if you got paid well one week you could then go to the cinema the next week and it was just this continuous growth that everyone was benefiting from basically and you know obviously there was huge problem still and there was the issue of prohibition and 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 other things like that and then obviously it all kind of came to a big crash in 1929 after the stock market crash but but the I think you have to note how important this boom was to the entire entertainment industry this was the first time that it had seen a kind of just interest in it since well since you know ancient Greeks where you'd have theatres of 18,000 spectators, 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 (laughs) 18,000 spectators all sitting in this huge amphitheatre. It was like that. There were so many people just flooding into the, into the, what the entertainment sector had to offer. Um, But also Broadway itself was really influenced, was really heavily influenced by things. It was heavily influenced by the Harlem Renaissance and and the Jazz Age. And the Prohibition also took kind of the social scene underground. So it meant that classes and races were mixed more more frequently and freely and kind of sparked more freedom for people's lives, which just the fact that so many people were all going, were all experiencing the same things. And they they kind of had no choice but to be brought together because they were all enjoying the same thing. Um, a musical to note is Showboat, which was debuted on Broadway in 1927, and it was the first integrated musical. So not only by race, because it was integrated by race, but also through plot and music. And kind of for the first time ever seen on stage, music was used to to move and develop the plot for characters. You know, musical songs as we know it today were used to to move forward the plot and and many shows of the 20s were kind of pieces that that glorified this new way of living and this new integration but also the american girl which is actually what i wanted to talk about kind of the most you know the the flapper woman the flapper girl the flap that flapper girl era um you know there was a huge shift in the depiction of the american woman they used to be stay at home, little little nice bonnet and, and dress. It's it's not it wasn't anymore. It was it was they were confident. Women were confident. They were they wore more daring clothes, they smoked and they drank with men underground. They were more sexually free. They were, you know, almost reckless but also independent. And this new age of women, especially youthful women, you know, opened up gates to, to to really a a man's world that were now that was now being experienced by women and I think that's it's such an important turning point in history in the history of feminism and in just in general history because 
women today, even though obviously we're not flapper women anymore, but women today wouldn't have been able to have the freedom that they have today if the flapper era hadn't had happened and, and the entertainment industry completely sparked that and, and boosted that image because without the entertainment industry depicting women like Clara Bow and other, other noticeable women like Marilyn Miram, frankly, um, Frankie Bree and and you know other just these women that were known as these flapper girls without them they wouldn't have been able to be put to the world and, and normal American women every day your average everyday American woman wouldn't have been able to be influenced by them and I think it's a really important time um it, you know it did wonders for women's rights and and this kind of you have to you have to recognize it but um yeah I guess sorry I got a bit passionate about that but but you know it's these women that weren't recognized suddenly had a voice they suddenly had had an image that they could stick to and I think it's just really important a really important time in history so so yeah I guess I guess that was 1920s entertainment is it on Clara Bow and the 1920s entertainment industry I think this one was more focused on on kind of you know the the cinema versus theatre debate but also kind of women and the characters of women and um and I really enjoyed looking looking from that angle rather than kind of what how theatre changed and how it was changed by the 1920s and obviously you know musical theatre became really big and and the huge increase in in cinema but also just the characters of women and and feminism and and that that influences those influences um as you could say I, I really enjoyed learning about them and kind of getting to know more about the 1920s and maybe what it was like to be a woman in the 1920s um, so the next episode I'm going to do is the modern actress and kind of the, the 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 actresses that we know and love today. And I'm actually going to be focusing on one of my favourite actresses, producers, writers, directors, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She's English. Um, if you've seen Fleabag, she's the woman who wrote and starred in that. Uh, she is one of the was one of the main writers on Killing Eve. Um, she did some other ones I just I love her I think she's absolutely brilliant an impeccable writer um, and just a great actress as well and and I'm kind of going to be looking at maybe the problems that women still face in the media and in modern history I guess you could say but um but yeah that's that's what I'm going to be looking at and um and I hope that you tune in, I guess. So thank you for listening.